The Story in Your Head, Episode 22, The Importance of Breathing. Welcome to The Story in Your Head. I'm Ron Macklin. And today, Michelle and I discuss the importance of breathing. While it is something we do unconsciously all the time, we discuss what can happen when we take notice of our breathing and what effects that can have on others around us. Welcome to today's podcast, The Story in Your Head. I'm Michelle Masago. And I'm Ron Macklin. And today we're going to talk about the importance of breathing. So you're curious? Breathing is something we do every day, every second, probably. Why is it so important and why are we talking about it in conjunction with the story in your head? So Ron, you want to start? What does that produce for you or what's your thoughts? Don't, don't I breathe all the time? Aren't I always breathing? Like it's just, I, I, I don't even have to think about it. I just do it. I just breathe. Is that what you're talking about or is there something more to, to this? So let me ask you a question. Do you notice yourself breathing? Only when you pointed out did I notice that I was breathing. Only when I have the story to notice my breathing, I notice my breathing. How about if you just ran somewhere, or I know you do a lot of biking, and at the end of that, how are you breathing? That would depend on the size of the hill that I'm going up <laughs> or the downhill run on how much I'm breathing. And I do notice that when I'm climbing, I go, ooh, yeah, yeah, I'm breathing now. I, I, I feel it. Right. You kind of notice it then. How about, well, at least this is for me, right before you go on stage to maybe do a presentation, yeah. what you're breathing like then? That's great. What I notice is when I'm not paying attention to my breathing, I find myself in a high breath, like up, up in my upper, upper chest. My, my shoulders are tense. My breathing is shallow. And I look like I'm scared to death. When somebody look at me, they'd see that. And like I'm triggered to go back to our recent visit to um, the Flag is Up Farm with Monty Roberts and, and the power of breathing, the importance of breathing, and how it really shapes how we can perform. Yeah, so that was a great visit to, to see Monty. So the question I have, so breathing can affect us, right? Each of us, right? And how you're kind of breathing and slowing your breathing down and you know, I've done a lot of yoga and meditation, and that's one of the big things I always talk about, right? Slowing it down, calming the mind. But what showed up for me with Monty is the effect of my breathing on something else and what it can do for the other person or being. So how does your breathing affect other people? So after Monty, and he talked about breathing and how the breathing can help to actually calm the horse, right? If you're hyper and breathing, that is translated. And I, and I thought about, okay, that's interesting. And I'd ridden horses and kind of noticed it, but I never thought about people. And so about a week later, we have elderly neighbors and we're always there to help them out. He's 93 and he fell one night. And so they call us at two in the morning. So first thing, as anybody gets called at two in the morning, right? It's, it's usually not for good, not to say hi, right? It's for something. So of course you're working, you know, you came up, you're sleeping. Oh my God, we have to get dressed. We have to go over there. He had fallen in the bathroom. We had to help him get up and put them to bed essentially, make sure everything's okay. 
And so my breathing was certainly there. But what I really noticed was his wife. And she was breathing really rapidly. And, and I'm like, am I going to have two problems here instead of one problem? Right? So I was really conscious of my breathing. And, and I probably wouldn't have thought about it before and slowed it way down. So I want to check in. Yep. You saw, you noticed her breathing rapid, high breathing, but rapid breathing, right? You could see that was not, say, it occurred to you that she was scared or afraid or panicky or something, right? And instead of saying, slow down your breathing, you slowed down your breathing. Is that what I heard? Correct. Yeah. And that's the first time I had thought about doing that. I'll be honest, you know, except when I was riding horses. So I slowed my breathing way down and looked at her, right? And it was really like engaging with her. And she started to slow her breathing down. I'm like, wow. Okay, back to the, you know, let's get them up off the floor. But still, it wasn't healthy, right? And, and I started really noticing people's breathing a whole lot more and what I can do to help them just by breathing slower and breathing deeper and what that can bring to others. So that was my first sort of experiment. Mm-hmm was at night at two in the morning and was honestly rather shocked of the impact that it had on another person and her dissenter, right? So we got him up, we cleaned him up. She has, so he does fall once in a while, well, quite a bit. And it's really challenging for him. This is an older gentleman who is always taking care of everybody else. So it's really an honor that he accepts our help to get him up off the floor Mm -hmm. because that's right, the loss of autonomy, which is huge as you get older. And she has like a whole box of band-aids that she kind of brings out and then, you know, works on the whole band-aid thing. And she was much better at doing that, right? Her hands weren't shaking anymore. She could do like the little thing. And, you know, sometimes band-aids can get tough to take out of that little package and put them on. And and I hope they got to sleep that night a little bit easier than they might have had should that not have happened. That's great. So yeah, I was I was rather surprised. This opens up for me the conversation of it has become an ethic of mine that when I'm in a conversation with a group and you know when you work with a group sooner or later there are sometimes sooner more sooner there's a breakdown of substantial consequences and people are like their fear shows up their their scared self grabs a hold of them and is in control of it and you can see it in their breathing you can see it in that space but what I notice is that like there's a tension in the room. You can feel it, right? So tense that you can see it's affecting what they're doing. And my ethic for many, many years has been to look for an opening to use humor. And the reason for that, like, of course, I thought it was like, well, we'll break the tension as if tension's real and I was going to break it, right? What it does is it gives everybody a chance to step away and relax, to laugh a little bit to recenter their own breathing, for me to recenter mine. And that humor in that moment of high stress or high tension gives everybody a body a chance to recenter, to go back to normal breathing, to laugh, which is inhaling and exhaling, to bring it down into your, to your diaphragm, to basically be more calm. I think this is opening for me the story of does breathing create calmness or does calmness create breathing or do they just like they're, they always run together. Right. And so whether you control your breathing, it affects your calmness or you can have a story about calmness and it'll affect your breathing. But what is showing up is that 
It affects everybody who's around you. And even though no words are said, we are using our body language, right? Those instincts, those things that we've built for you know dozens and dozens and dozens of years in our life to notice the other world through, and we can actually couple to them. Couple meaning we see it happen to them. We don't really question it. We just start to take on that behavior, start to act like that behavior. It possibly is occurring to me as an ethic to monitor your own breathing. And when you notice the other person breathing, you have a story about their breathing. Like what, what's happening over there? What shows up for you? Yeah, so I very much appreciate the humor piece. I've certainly done that. One of my favorite lines is when I, when things are not going as planned, let's put it mildly in a, in a meeting, I'll just ask the group and, and kind of say, let's not panic before we have to, right? And people usually laugh at that. That's kind of funny, yeah. And right, they laugh and say, I'll let you know. They're like, well, when do we know? I said, I'll let you know, right? Of course, the time never comes, but they don't know that part. But what I noticed the other night was I didn't need that, right? Just the act of changing my breathing was enough. And I never really thought about just doing that one piece and how impactful just that is. And also really noticing other people's breathing and how, how helpful it can be just to change my own breathing. So I'm, I'm reflecting on the first time I had a conversation with, with Monty and Pat and Debbie. And then it, it was a scary situation for me. Like this is a person who I'd heard of. He is the horse whisperer. And I had this whole story in my head, right? And as I kept getting closer and closer to that moment, I could see the fear was building up in me. And when I walked into his house, nice house, very nice house, gorgeous. And Pat and Debbie and Monty sat down in the room and we're having a conversation. And I felt very relaxed. There was no pressure. We had a great conversation, about an hour and 20 minutes. Talked about all kinds of things. And I remember when I sat down on the couch, I remember thinking, you know, like you could feel my whole body going on, right? And I'm reflecting back now, very shortly I became comfortable and peaceful. And I now realize what, what he was doing was creating that for me. Like he held the responsibility to control his breathing and for Pat and Debbie to control theirs in a way that I could be comfortable in having a conversation. I saw him do it with the groom who was working with the horse when we were out there. And I'm creating a space like, is a part of my stand to be in control of my breathing, be intentional with my breathing, and to notice where other people are so that I can shape my breathing. And like, if I'm breathing high, am I causing them to breathe high? If I'm breathing deep and then now I'm being relaxed, is that triggering them to be relaxed? I see this breathing is a part of our stand or not. If we have no, no part of our stand, we'll just kind of react to the world. Yeah, so thanks, Ron. Two thoughts come to me. One, while significantly less than what you had in actually talking to Monty, when we were at the trip, at the end, we wanted to take a group picture, mm-hmm. right? So everybody kind of lined up and Monty was right next to me, mm-hmm. right? So the panic level went up. It's like, it's a freaking picture, right? Just stand there and you know try to keep your eyes open, right? I didn't have to do very much when they snapped the picture. And I was nervous just standing next to this guy. And I remember he just put his arm around me and said, okay, right? Slowed his breathing. Now that I think about it, slowed it. And I felt like, yeah, okay, we're just taking a picture 
Like, and how minor is that, right? That's just like a stupid little goofy thing, just standing next to somebody taking a picture. But what a space he provided just in that moment. So as you were kind of talking, what a space that can provide for others. And I never thought about that as a space. So this is what, what I'm working with here is breathing is a story. Mm. There's the space of the stories you tell yourself in your own head. And our body will react and do what it does unless we have a story about it. So when we create a story about that, then our body, we, we can now be able to dance with our own body. And having that story about breathing, and vividly I remember when I asked the question to Monty, how important is breathing? And he goes, his first response was, well, it's about 70% of it. I was going, Whew, man, that's really high. 70% of this whole How's process that possible? of breathing, is that possible? And as I'm sitting there in my head talking away, not listening, he goes, oh, I think it's probably around 80%. And then I was going, like, wait a minute. It's even more important than 70%. It's like 80%. And before I got back to the conversation, he was going like, yeah, breathing's about 90% of, of the, the whole process. And I was going like, that's how important breathing is. And yet we were sitting in a world that how many people do you know sit around and like pay attention to their breathing, the story of their breathing, the story of their what they're doing, and how much difference we could make for ourselves and make for others by creating a part of our stand is how we breathe and noticing other people from the standpoint of how are they breathing? Yeah. So for me, it's opening up a whole new thing and I'm, I'm working this right along with you. So I've done a lot of yoga and meditation, right? And that's focused on my breathing. And, and that's kind of about it, right? I don't even know what other people are doing. I'm assuming they're breathing too, right? Are they breathing in rhythm to me or not? I actually don't care. It's all about my breathing. And what this opened up, it's about my breathing and those around me. And to notice how others are breathing tells us a great story, right? Of health, what they're thinking. Are they anxious? And even if you don't know the story, which I don't, but it allows me a space, now I can ask into it, right? And provide them a nice, comfortable space to do that. My husband's always said, breath is a wonderful thing because you always have it right? You can't forget it at home. You know, it's, it's not in your pocket. You always have that accessible to you. And it is one of the few things that you'll always have accessible to you is your breath. So now what I'm thinking as I come across folks that are anxious, that I notice the breathing to slow mine down, and then I can start to ask questions and also in a much calmer voice. I find at least when I'm breathing really heavily, especially that upper breathing, my voice gets a lot quicker and probably the pitch even changes and the pace changes. But when I take my time and breathe, everything slows down and so does the other person, right? So is breathing a line? Can we toss a line just by breathing? I believe it is. And it's a, that's a discovery, a new creation for me. Mm -hmm. It's definitely opening up. I guess one of those things you go, oh yeah, there it is. And then there's a space where it starts to open. As you work, it begin to really open up. I'm speculating right now on what is my stand for breathing? One, hold the story that my breathing affects me and what my spaces of possibilities are. Two, my breathing will affect other people. They will notice it, whether they do it with language in their own heads or not, their bodies will react to it. And there's always been those people where you go, 
yeah, I liked him immediately or, Ooh, I didn't like him immediately. And part of that, a big part of that could have been, how are they breathing? Even though we didn't notice that we didn't have the story for it. So it wasn't there, but our body was reacting to it. And the third part of my stand would be to have the story about noticing where other people are based on their breathing. How does their breath show up? Is their chest falling? The diaphragm going in and out, right? Do they feel tense? Do they feel in that space? And then if I notice it and it's not what would take care of them, how do I change my breathing without telling the story, without saying something out loud, but tossing the line of holding a stand for how my breath is affecting them, how my breathing is affecting them. What might your stand be? I have to say I probably the same thing. The only thing I, I would add to the stand is, or maybe it's more of the, the way to implement it is when you change your breathing for the other person and not say anything is to wait. It may be uncomfortable initially for that other person because they're waiting for you to say something, but you actually are, right? Just by changing your breathing and giving them the space to change their breathing. So that's the one thing I noticed that one night with my neighbor, I didn't say anything. I just slowed it down and looked at her and it probably took, well, you know, these things feel like four minutes or 30 minutes. It was probably 30 seconds at most. And then she was able to change and move on. So to, to give people the space to change their breathing as they desire once you change yours. Great, great conversation, Shell. Thank you for the conversation today and working it with me and creating a space for everyone else to begin to notice their own breathing and other people's breathing. Anybody who has a request or a noticing from this podcast around their breath, around other people's breathing, how it's showing up for you, please reach out to us at ron at macklinconnection.com or michelle at macklinconnection.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast and uh, sign up for our newsletters on our webpage, which is at macklinconnection.com. Michelle, thank you for the conversation today. I look forward to our next one. Thanks, Ron. How fascinating. The breath. The breath. I hope you all enjoy it and keep breathing. Thank you. Take care. Thank you all for listening today. Please take a moment to subscribe to the story in your head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Thank you all, and we'll see you next time. Bye.